Hello and uh, welcome to another edition of the Freedom Broadcasters Live on Saturday night here. Um, we have a very special guest once again back with us after being here a couple of months ago again on the show. I'd like to welcome Bass, uh, Celeste Solon to the show tonight. And for obviously most of us know Celeste at this stage, but um, just for the few people tonight that might be actually not aware of who Celeste is, I'll just give you a small brief background on Celeste herself. Celeste is actually best known for working for FEMA at the time. So she's an ex-FEMA worker. So she knows all the nefarious outgoings and ingoings of actual FEMA itself and all the stuff that actually nefarious agendas that goes on in that organization itself. She grew up in a military and governmental uh, household, but it was just not FEMA itself that actually awakened Celeste to actually the pat ahead and what's actually the crimes against uh, humanity and the agendas that are faced upon us right now as, as we're speaking at the moment. It was actually going way, way back before that. When once upon a time when Celeste actually was very small, I believe only about five years of age or thereabouts, when she actually sat on her dad's knee one day and her own father explained to her on her watch what was going to happen uh, to humanity on the road ahead. So uh, without further ado, Celeste, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Yes. Good to be back. Good Fantastic to, be back. to have you back. <laughs> but um, so briefly, if you can just for as well for the few people, I know you're, you've lots of stuff in your background as well, but for people who haven't actually um become aware of you um give them a small bit of a brief introduction uh, on yourself and then we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty of what we actually want to get into as well okay so uh basically i started out in nursing and pediatrics uh, then i did a stint in dentistry then i went to environmental medicine where i really did learn alternative modalities to allopathic or western medicine and uh, that was really interesting and it is playing a really significant role in the information that I present now. And of course, then I did my government um, time of which, you know, it included 9-11 and earthquakes and terrorism and every type of disaster that there was. And it was really a pivotal time in history. So I did Y2K and, you know, it just, it was just very interesting. America was changing. And right now I am an investigator, a researcher, a broadcaster, an author. I have what, four books now. And, and right now my, uh, I have been just div digging into the pathogen and so that's what I've been spending my time. Uh, I am looking at it from many different aspects, from the spiritual aspect to the medical aspect, to the military aspect, uh, to the governmental aspect, how much of this was pre-planned. Um, and I am drilling down. I have done several um, videos at celestialreport.com. And then I, I keep getting these documents and it's interesting how they're timed. So I got a 232 page military document in um, December and I was on a webinar with Dr. Sherry, Dr. Carey, Dr. K uh, Dr. Um, the, other, the other one that's well, Judy, Judy Merkovitz and Ramola and so I had to redo my whole presentation after getting this shocking 232-page uh, uh, document 
So basically, I did a uh, very extended, I think it's two and a half hours dark winter presentation on that military document. And then I, I sighed, I go, oh, I can get back to normal. I had, you know, certain things I do like order seeds. Um, and then I get this agency, uh, 88 page agency document about three weeks ago. And so I knew it was very significant that I had to do dive into it and basically, I, I, I can see, so basically the agencies are giving their solid position. And then what I am doing is filling in the backstory on everything to do with the pathogen uh, from what it is to long lasting effects to every single thing that we are encountering right now. And with each statement that I'm making, I am providing links. So right now I just finished the <laughs> and yeah. um so I got that was 200 pages and I think that the final document that people will be able to purchase is going to be 600. I am going to do a 16 part webinar plus some bonus um webinar or webinars that people can get for $2.99 for the whole series. And, uh-oh, my computer's bleeping at me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I hope it's not going to try and update again. Mm. So basically, uh, that's, I've got now, I've got just, I say for the end, things like masking, social distancing, the genome, forecasting, that type of thing. Um, it is 200 pages, but it should go pretty quick now that the the very difficult thing of the V is done. Uh, that was just like, it was very convoluted. I found, and uh, I found that they were mixing and matching words um, and interchanging them. And that made it very confusing. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, they'd say one thing, and then on another hand, they'd find, <clears throat> they'd say another thing. And so what I did is part of this was to develop a template, which is what I did for, at the government. <clears throat> I was a template lady. And so by the end, you know, I make it really clear cut. And then one thing that it really became apparent is that I need needed to compile a glossary. There is no glossary of terms so that when you're looking at the news, you're hearing getting reports, you're reporting on it. Um, the government's using it. They're doing laws, regulations nobody knows what they're talking about. And so it's very easy for them to pull the wool over all of our eyes um, when we don't know the definitions of what, we don't know when the heck they're saying. So part of what I'm doing is putting together this glossary that I'm going to make available for folks. And it will be alphabetical. Uh, if it, like, I'll do it to the degree that all the A's, if it starts with an A, it'll be in the A's. I might not do it like a dictionary because I don't know that I have that kind of time and it's just me. And I don't know 
like I'm going to have to do a lot of broadcasting and getting the word out and I'll be on doing other people's shows and, and stuff, uh, bringing the information to the people. So that's kind of my latest project. And do we have any, uh, is, oh, and I did, didn't finish. So basically right now I am a broadcaster and I'm in the Rocky Mountains where it's minus 30 degrees and my pipes are frozen. So every hour we're going to have to take like a five minute break so I can feed my fire so that I can uh, hopefully um, get my pipes unfrozen. It's taking longer than it did yesterday. Yesterday was minus 45. So that's what I'm doing. Um, and any questions? Yes. Um, so there's obviously loads of rabbit holes we can actually go down on this uh, topics and agenda itself. Not least the one that uh, we're not supposed to talk about. You know, that safe and effective one that uh, depopulating the world at the minute. Yeah, that one. We'll get to that one. All right. Don't worry. But just before we get to that one, um, me and you were speaking during the week. And I'd like to start off on something with the food supply situation. Because I know you got some inf information, very new information from the World Economic Forum. Those nice guys there that um, have some serious plans for us ahead. But the weaponization of food, and I know the FDA and all that, even they have loads of art articles on it recently as well in America and abroad, of basically GPSing, tracking and tracing everything in the food crops, registering all cows, uh, chickens, everything, like down to, your, down to a coffee bean, to a leaf of lettuce. They want everything completely um, tracked and traced. And of course, this is all feeds into Agenda 2030. But I know you've other information and when you're talking about the, the editing of food and um, the delivery of a drug system that they actually want to use between now, well, they're hoping between now and the end of this year. So I won't say any more about it in itself. I'll give you the floor to actually open up that one, open up that can of worm from us, and uh, we'll get into it. Okay, so one thing I did learn, um, there are 300 poison darts in the... Uh, in the pipeline and there's new startups. I would assume maybe there might be 600 in reality and then some that we don't have any idea. They all edit um, in some way and they all install a platform into your body, a permanent platform. It is, uh, they're building a scaffolding and an infrastructure in your body to be able to deliver anything they want to your body on demand. Um, and that can be done via frequency or some other, uh, other ways also. Uh, so what happened, I was, uh, you know, cursory, I was in this project, but I did listen cursory, cursive, whatever that is. <laughs> Uh, to uh, Davos, and on the last day, they said that they wanted all food in the food supply chain to be edited by the end of 2021. And then they let the bomb, that was a bombshell, because basically they were going to use the same scaffolding, the same editing um, that would be a permanent drug uh delivery system in your body as the poison darts. So that's why, so we've got till the end of the year and then, so will your food supply be as dangerous as the poison darts? I don't believe so because the 
poison darts have other things in them besides just setting up this scaffold, this infrastructure in your body where the food will not probably, I mean, I don't know, uh, but it will, uh, it probably will not have as many chemicals and different dangerous things in it. Although it will be dangerous. And once you eat this edited food, um, then it is will become a permanent part of your body. You cannot detox from it. You cannot get it out. It is there for the rest of your days. So um, you need to be very cautious. I really warned my followers back in December. I said I could see them mobilizing. They were not letting the cat out of the bag till Davos. But I said something big is coming and it has to do with the food. And my recommendation is that uh, you do not eat oh you do not eat food um, after January 1st and I need to take a, a brief break. My water in my pipes just got thawed so I'm very thankful let me go turn my water off and I'll be right back. <laughs> So you might let us know what you covered on your show um, the other day, Chris, so that uh, the audience can check out your own show. Yeah, well, are you talking about a show with Celeste the other day? or Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I can give a small bit away, but I don't want to give too much away or else it'll ruin it for people. Oh, she's... <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a quick one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you got all that? All right. <laughs> okay. Um, any questions on the food editing uh system or uh, yeah here okay. I, suppose, I suppose the big question is for people uh, listening in at the moment is how can this scale of events be pulled off sort of within a 12-month period and has it been obviously long in the planning in other words how are they going to get everybody on board i mean you could question it in a sense that like well look at the last 12 months they thought we'd never lock down a couple of billion people within a matter of days to a couple of weeks that has been done but the food um, supply chain, how can that be actually operational to get all farmers and all people sort of globally on board um, with that? Have you any kind of a, a proper you know, structure to show you or to see it as to how this is going to be um, implemented with the least pushback to the public or go under the nose of the public that are not actually aware about this? Well, the public is totally unaware and they will be unaware um, of this other than the fact that there may be a few mainstream news articles that the food is we need to change the way food is produced to save uh, the planet uh, because of climate change so if if we do hear anything in the mainstream news it's going to be framed in that that framework basically they are using the template from the rollout of the gmo products and they know that yes there were people that uh, did rallies. I myself participated in rallies, um, and but it did not effectuate change. And basically, they kept rolling out the GMO food. And at at that time, we had the option to go organic. Although true organic, if you saw the holes in the organic, you would uh, it, it not be as confident in it as you know, you should be more skeptical because really, for instance, when the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership was being uh, put together, uh, the United States made, it cut a deal 
with Japan that, and this was in the organics, that America would ship all of our good organic food to Japan and Japan would send us their irradiated Fukushima organics to be sold in the United States. So that's just one instance. There's corruption at every, the USDA is one of the most corrupt agencies. That is where many of the Operation Paperclip scientists went to work. So those are Nazis that fled Germany and came to America. And not all of them went into NASA and rocketry. The majority went into the USDA. All right. So, well, go on. Yeah. So, so basically, the people are not going to have a say. Um, the platform is already there. They realize that even if the people did find out uh they can still get away with it because they did with GMO. But now it's going to be illegal to basically raise or consume anything that is heirloom. And you did mention that they are for the track and trace that they wanted to take. um, They actually don't only just want like the particular chicken, the particular cow, the particular plant. They are going down to the molecular level And once this editing scaffolding is in your body, it basically is in constant communication with researchers, scientists, government, public health, your physician, insurance companies. And if you, let's say, uh, my favorite example is, let's say you are told at your doctor, do not eat any carbs or whatever, you know, your diet. Um, and you go home and you have that Costco blueberry muffin then or a blueberry muffin, that scaffolding sends the information that you just consumed carbs, sugars, all these forbidden things straight away to everybody that's all the interested parties, if you will. And you can get fined, you could be imprisoned, and it's not going to be a pretty sight. So that's one of the reasons for the track and trace. And this is one ha- one way that this editing system will really, it will be a spy within your body on what you're consuming. And it will be more than just food. It will be, is your, what's your environment? Um, are you in a safe environment? What are you breathing in? Are you drinking? Are you taking medications? Are you taking those medications in accordance with uh, what you've been told? Are you drinking? Do you take illicit drugs? You know, there can be many other facets. What's your blood pressure? What's your temperature? Of course, they are installing this system into our body saying your doctor's going to know when you were sick before you even know it. So they're using that as a justification So everybody is collusion at the highest because everybody across government, military, um, industry, it's a public-private partnership, which is global fascism. They're all on board. Of course. Yeah. And it's it's obviously leading down to the the blockchain blockchain system as well, which is like the the B system as well, what is all implemented in that as well. I mean, even the FDA are talking about that kind of stuff. So... Um, no, that's, it's interesting, definitely. And um, I know, Roy, you're into solutions and all that uh, area of it as well. So I know you want to get your teeth into this kind of question. So 
take it away there. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people, they're wearing their muzzles lately um, for the last year, basically, and assuming that the government's got their best uh, interest at heart. And unfortunately, every single product that's available between lip balm, underarm deodorant, shampoos and everything are so toxic and they're causing cancers and everything. They're well aware of that. Like everyone is kind of seeing what's going on. A lot of people want to move to countries or move off the grid. I actually don't believe that's the solution because one, all of the satellites are going to be bombarded with the frequencies anyway. But you've worked for the bad boys. What would you suggest? So basically, as far as the electromagnetic radiation that we're being exposed to, we're also getting exposed to cosmic radiation. We're at a cosmic gray high. So I wrote a book, Electromagnetic Radiation Protection Solutions, and that's at shepherdsheart.life. And you can either get it in paperback or uh, ebook. And it goes into the various supplements and foods that provide layers of protection for you in your own body that are so effective that they can protect you against the cosmic rays, against 5G or 6G, and also even a nuclear attack and radiation, which is exactly how I, that's, you know, so sometimes there's an impetus uh, to you writing a book it was my mom gave me this cookbook series called the bull cookbooks and in there was this fascinating little blip um, that i had known so she gave me this in like the 1970s it said that the people in japan after that endured um hiroshima and nagasaki uh those people that had red pepper in their bodies did not suffer the burns and mutations that the rest of the population did. And so I always remembered that. And so as radiation came onto all of our radars, I just said, I got to write a book because there's natural solutions that we can do. So that's that part of it. As far as the editing, I say DIY, get into the DIY culture, Uh, grow it yourself. Unless you grow it or wild craft it yourself, you're really not sure what you're getting. Um, the farmers are not going to know. You uh, you know, I've asked a lot of when synthetic biology came out like three years ago um, and it started hitting the pipeline. I asked uh, the like nurse plant nurseries and stuff and they look at me like deer in the headlights. You guys have all gotten it. They didn't know what in the heck I was talking about. So synthetic biology or edited plants uh, can easily come into the pipeline. You can't tell the difference yourself between an edited tomato plant or an edited tomato and a heirloom tomato or tomato plant. You just can't tell the difference because what they're doing is at the molecular level. It's so small and it's tweaking this and tweaking that and we just don't see it. So the best way is to DIY. And a really important issue, and Grace and I were just talking about this this week, is don't let anything into your mouth or onto your skin that you don't know the ingredients of. And that means all the ingredients. So one time I was helping my daughter move 
and she got all these banana boxes. And so she packed all her stuff in banana boxes and I mean, you know, helping kids move. What can you do? It's just part of being a parent. But I happened to take a break and I looked at all the chemicals that they soak those bananas in to keep them to have a, sh a long shelf life so that they can ship them everywhere and that they'll be good forever in a day. It's almost like those McDonald's French fries that fall in your car and they never decompose. They, you know, they look the same like five years later that, that they did the first day, you know. Um, so don't, you know, even your farmer, you're going to have to do some research on anything that you buy in the commercial market. And that is no longer safe. I'm here to tell you. Um, so I would DIY my own food I, at least. Like, I think we have a load, to be honest, like I see this the whole time. Like I buy, I have an app that tells me what the food is and I'm shocked. Everything is toxic. It's yeah. so like what I'm trying to figure out is, I mean, if we go to any single problem in the world, the police beating the crap out of people, no policeman decided, I want to go here with my baton and attack them. They were instructed by somebody. Who instructed them? Who is, every single thing goes back up the pyramid. So you have somebody at the top. Who's in charge? Of who's, like, who do we need to change to stop this? Because we're all fighting a million battles. We just need to change the person at the top. Because there's a, one person or there's 250 people or something. We need to just swipe them off. How do we get to these people? How do we actually make that change? Because like, everyone is getting tired from fighting every battle. That's because we're getting close to the end game. I honestly believe I, I spent my time looking for some solutions like what you're talking about. And honestly, I'm very good at what seeing solutions and patterns and breaches that could be exploited. And I do not see they like just with take Davos last year. Um, it started out when it first was introduced, 200 levels within two months. It was 250 levels deep. Exploitation at this point, other than personal responsibility, you, me, on a personal level, voting with our dollar, with our time, rejecting the systems, there's no other way. We're not going to eliminate these invisible hands at the top, it's impossible. Most of the names we don't, you know, we talk about the Rockefellers and um, Bill Gates and stuff, but these are people that are our front men. They are not the invisible strings. Um, so we just have to take personal responsibility. I hate to say that. And we have to just say, okay, I want this. I don't want that. We have to realize the risk. We have to do a risk analysis. Uh, what are the benefits? What are the risks with everything we do? And just on a personal level. And then many of us will join like we're joining here and educating and empowering people uh, with some ideas on how to do that. But to eliminate uh, the top players on the chessboard, I, I, it's too late. We did have a chance years ago, but we just, most of the people were asleep and they did not take action when they needed to take action. And now they're entrenched. It's like, what do you do? 
Good. So I think I'll pass it to Steve because this was uh, something that's probably close to his heart as well because I've had a few conversations <laughs> with him. Yeah. Hi, Celeste. Thanks for being here. Um, I don't know. For me lately, I've been thinking like I wanted to travel and I'm thinking, you know, what's on this test and I'm getting a bit angry about it. And then I see a show that you were on and it's basically you're saying this stuff's in everything. It's in jam. It's in it's in pectin. It's in uh, it's in the air. It's in food. It's in drinks. It's in I don't know. So my point is, if there's no avoiding it, uh, I guess there's two parts to my question. What's really on the tip of this test, if anything, because some people are saying they've checked and there's nothing um, or and, you know, if I decide not to travel just because of this test, um, does that make any sense, given that it's in everything already and I probably have more gallons in me or whatever? Um, so it's sort of going down that road, like, um, you know, is there any avoiding this um, and is avoiding the test smart or at this point it doesn't matter? So the testing is really interesting. So at first there was this bit test um, that was safe. Now you need to realize that they are connect, uh, collecting your genetic material that goes to the quantum computer. Um, researchers can use it. Um, scientists, uh, weapons can be, uh, they can create genome specific weapon against you. Um, but it is safe because uh, that Q-tip does contain things that you do not want in your body. So I don't care what people say that it's not there, it is there. Uh, the scientific peer review journals that I'm looking at, and if I could show my screen, I'd show you a picture, but I can't. So um, just you'll have to trust me or do your own research that in the scientific peer review journals, they are talking about the nasal swabs and that they are have uh, quantum dot or hydrogel in it. Um, and they're trying to get as far back up next to your blood brain barrier. So it doesn't really have to go travel very far to get to your brain and take over your brain. There is a new test that I don't know if I haven't had time because testing is one of those things that I'm going to be exploring in the next week now that I've got the poison darts under my belt. Mm -hmm. But what I do read the journals twice a week. And so it is a breath test, much like the breathalyzer that maybe the police use to see how much alcohol you've consumed, but you just breathe and it, then it tells uh, if you're COVID positive or COVID negative. Um, I would be a little bit cautious, just a little bit. I know you want to travel. I want to travel too. Um, I was about ready to take a really big trip and um, it got waylaid. And now I, uh, because my passport isn't here for one and I, I'm wondering if now it's maybe not the wisest to take a, a, a test. And why, I don't know if we're ready to dig into this or not. <laughs> so with transmissibility, I'm going to say something that's going to shock you guys. So remember back to the GMO, I have to set the stage. 
when Monsanto came out with GMO, they put farms, GMO crops, next to organic farmers. And then the wind blew over to and, and contaminated the organic farm. Then Monsanto sued the farmers and they said, you know, you stole our intellectual property and they won. What you need to know is that co <laughs> sorry about that. The pathogen, <laughs> uh, the pathogen is a construct of biological and robotic fusion. And it, it is a manufactured thing. It, it, it is patented. If, a, if you get the particle from the air or something, that's okay. But let's say you have a family. You're a mother, a father, a grandfather, or children. You go home, you, you've contracted the particle. It's in your body. If you shed that particle at home, and another person in your home, let's say your wife or your child contracts it, you are uh, guilty of an illegal transfer of intellectual property and you can be fined and sent to prison for that. Think about the ramifications of that. Yeah, well, that's just right up their alley. I mean, there's uh, Monsanto is the one of the darkest companies on the planet. So um, I appreciate the advice on the test. And you kind of answered my next question, which was what's happening with people getting sort of this hypoxic reaction. And I saw a video from Rice University on nanotubes. Um, and, you know, it was microscopic things and they needed an assembly mechanism. And the, I think the assembly mechanism in the video was um, something to do with a Tesla coil. So it was some form of um, invisible electricity that made the nanotubes assemble. Um, so that obviously struck a chord uh, with the, the self-assembly you're talking about, that something could make it assemble. If not, it would just do it on its own. And this is what's kind of freaky uh, because I totally agree and, and believe in it. So I just, uh, the last part is sort of continuing what I was saying. So it, it's not only on the tip of the, the test, it's, it's also in the food. Is this the same stuff or it's different that we're ingesting? So they, the, some food like the Mexican scientists are working about, working on putting hydrogel in tomatoes whether all food is going to have hydrogel in it, I'm not sure. But what I do know, they may not need the hydrogel itself. Like I said, I'm, I'm not sure. All I know is that they're going to edit the food so that it is a drug delivery platform or scaffold in your body. Okay. But it may not have all the other things that the vaccine and the, with the hydrogel and the quantum dot it may not have all that, or it may. Okay. At this point, I don't think, I think the average person isn't going to know, and we're probably not going to know except through a lot of research. Okay. The, just real quick, some, I saw a video where this guy who's 
um, very well versed in nanotech and Morgellons. He said that the technology, like you said, can't be removed, but you can put it to sleep um, using Epsom salt and like taking a really hot bath. That's what that was what he said. So, okay. Anyway, people are, people are really hopeful. I mean, I get I've heard that when I've heard borax, uh, taking borax internally. Uh, quite frankly, there's nothing in the science journals. This this thing is uh, is a train going down a runaway train. And <laughs> I haven't seen anything. There were some early reports about diet and um, affecting your pH level in your body. But really, that ended up just being for a couple of weeks and then it just disappeared. So whether they tackle that and um, it really does feel like they have created the perfect fingerprintless bio archipelago crime. Yeah. That's what, you know, unfortunately. Mm. Well, I have a lot more questions, but I'm going to pass the baton. Thank you okay. very much. Okay. Grace, uh, if you want to come up next, but before you ask a question, if you have actually any, um, if any of the viewers have any questions as well, to hit Celeste up on a few questions there. Hold on just half a sec. I got to see something. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know that the webinar, that the 16 part webinar, if you go to celestial.com, uh, celestialreport.com, sorry about that, um, and look or deep dive, that is the 16, 16 part plus a bonus um, webinar, and that will include um, the whole the whole series, and I'm going to, I'm selling it for $2.99, so you, for the whole series, that's $2.99. So in pounds, like from what I hear, it's pennies. So, you know, you guys might want to avail yourself of that. I just thought I, because I just got that, I just wanted to let you guys be the first ones to know that it's up on Celestial Report. It just got launched. So you guys are the first to hear. Perfect. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for that, Celeste. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us will be getting into that. And for two ninety nine, it's the price of a cup of coffee at, at best. So, uh no, thanks for that. Um, Grace, you have some uh, questions from the viewers, have you? Yes, yes. Thank you, Celeste. So the first um, request is if you can please repeat again the books that you mentioned. And uh, that might be your book. And I'll make sure I'll type it. And the second one is she is asking where you could recommend to buy seeds. Okay. And of course, there's. Oh, let, 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 let's take one at a time. Otherwise, I, I lose, I might miss one. So, my book is Electromagnetic Radiation Protection Solutions. And it's at shepherdsheart.life. And it's under uh, books. You can either get it on book, paperback or ebook, either one. There's a tab at the top. <clears throat> And where to get seeds? Boy, that's problematic. I usually order my seeds on January 1st. I have uh, my favorite vendors. I have my favorite plants. I love them. I trust them. And um, I, of course, I was uh, tied up with all this research. 
and I didn't get to ordering my seeds till January 14th. I mean, you you know, you're talking minus 30 here. And, you know, but I knew that I tried this last year. I went, I don't remember when, because I was a keynote speaker for a conference. And so I didn't get to order seeds right away and all the seeds were sold out. So this year I thought certainly on January 14th, the seeds won't be sold out. Sure enough, about a third of my seeds were sold out. And so basically I had to go to 10 new vendors that I had never dealt with before to get those seeds. And I was able to get those seeds and hunt them down. I was not uh, skunked on any of them. I would say if you are going to grow a garden this year, be very diligent about seed saving. And this year I am going to do um, several classes on how to save your seeds and put those up on celestialreport.com because that going forward, you may or may not, because it's going to be an illegal commodity, um, especially heirloom. So you're not going to be able to get the seeds that you are able to even hunt down this year. Do not go with hybrids because your seeds will not grow true, true to form. And of course, don't get GMO seeds. Uh, you want to get heirloom seeds. And like I said, you know, seed saving is a whole different topic that maybe we can cover another time. So be creative, be persistent. If you don't know um, what seeds, just a, just a FYI at celestialreport.com, I did go through all my catalogs, my favorite seed catalogs, and I went through every single seed that I love uh, by type. I like did all my tomatoes, all my peppers, like if you like winter squash, if you like summer squash. And I went down and I just did a personal like, broadcast on which ones I love, which ones. And, you know, I give you little tips like uh, this one's an easy grower. This one grows too tall. Uh, this one needs a lot of water. This one needs a lot of fertilizer. So then you could make the wise decision whether you wanted to grow that in your area or not. So. And then thank you, Celeste. And, and there's that comment that says with a question is that I work with people who have happily accepted the injection in a classroom and a school bus, how can I protect myself from shedding? You can't. Um, I actually am going to get the first, my first refugee, um, her family, she was a lady living in Colorado and she's a part of my community and her family took the injections and and she left, um, she fled and she will arrive tomorrow at my house because she knows it's a clean environment here. And then once you have established a clean environment in your house, then you have to protect it. So you're gonna have to be careful not to let people in that are shedders. And I will be going into this whole transmissibility in detail so that you'll know all the different um, who's shedding, who's not, how long, all of that. Thank you, Celeste. Um, I, I know 
you're really one of the few people who goes really deep dive in research and you have mentioned in uh, in in some of your interviews some keywords or like code words that maybe you can please teach or share on how where which website at least mention two websites where they could really look for this information and really read between the lines because i think some of one of the things that there's a problem is people don't know where to go anymore okay and then my my follow-up question with that because i know people go to darpa is there anything good that will come out of darpa no well it's it's always dual dual use research so it has a good side it has a bad side basically what darpa is is uh they get their funding from the dod and they perfect systems and product and then they move that once it's uh tested beta tested and ready for the commercial market they transfer that technology over to the public sector so then the then they make it available to doctors or you know costco or whoever um as far as what sites um and code i am gonna like i said in this series i am gonna provide a glossary so that you're gonna have the biotechnology terms um right at your fingertips. I don't know how many pages it is because I'm not done with my document yet, but you know, it's not going to be that long. And like I said, it'll be user friendly. So it'll be alphabetical. You can just, you know, go through there. I would highly look to a news source that will provide sources. Beware of anybody that um, does not provide sources. Sometimes I cannot provide a source and basically I am trying to protect uh, my intellectual property because I go to research. What happened is I used to put my sources up freely and then everybody and his brother would steal my videos and there'd be like 5,000 clones of my work, but they never even sent the, uh, you know, they never mentioned me or anything. And they would even just like, totally lift my my YouTube broadcast and put it in with their name on it and and never even point back to me. Or I only have had two people ask me, can I use your work? And one was a person in Latin America and I he wanted to translate my work into Spanish and I said, go ahead, you have my permission. So, um, but now I'm getting back to sources and the reason I am is because you can't tell what the truth is or not unless you see the source documents. Anybody can say anything, including myself, and I'm not infallible. And sources, as we're mentioning sources, this is a living document. Um, this is like what we know today may change tomorrow, depending what studies are released uh, what information we're getting. So it is not ever going to be static. We're always going to be moving uh, deeper into the rabbit hole, unfortunately. Thank you. And that's a beautiful thing because it keeps changing. So no matter how gloomy it is now, how heinous things are happening, but there's always that 
uh, we have to look forward to the change for the better. Can you please share about relationships in terms of vir virtual reality and what's really going to happen? Because at least some of us like what we're doing now, we seem to be thriving and growing in this virtual re reality. But what is really the agenda of what might happen to the mass population? So it, it is um, breaking down interpersonal relationships. It's like our one-on-one -one relationships are suffering from this virtual and augmented reality. Um, it's convenient, yes. Um, I can give you a for instance. The last time I saw my grandchildren, um, I had one grandchild on either side of me. We were three on a couch and they were texting back and forth. Well, grandma doesn't do that. And they were just having this communication, texting, then no words. It was just texting back and forth. Grandma was out of the picture. They never said a word to me. And that was the last time I saw my grandchildren. And it was very sad. And so marriages are suffering. Parent, children, uh, relationships are suffering. Elderly are suffering. Um, so that we're going to see that as a people, if it, so in medicine, uh, there's a common saying, uh, use it or lose it, uh, because anything that you don't use will atrophy, it will get weak. And just with us not being in the presence of one another um, is we're atrophying our ability. It's kind of like me. I'm a widow. I live in the Rocky Mountains by myself, and I don't get to interact with anybody on the physical realm. And sometimes when somebody does come to my home, I forget what it's like to talk to a person, like a human in my, you know, in the in the reality that most of us grew up with. So it's it's really sad that this is happening. But on a positive note, I really like positive, and I know that you guys do too. So I'm doing this as I was looking at nanotechnology. Um, the, one of the first things that I learned is that it was changing the magnetism of our body and the spin of the atoms in our body. And so I'm going to all my medical literature on frequencies, magnetism, nanoparticles, spin of atoms in our body, and what does it do? And I discovered the, the very coolest thing, that just being in the presence of another human, and this would not transfer over in a virtual thing like right now, but if a person was in my house and they were sickly, either in their mind, their body, you know, in some way they were sick and you were strong and healthy and, you know, full of life, just being in, just being in the proximity of that other person, you don't have to touch them. You don't have to talk to them. Just standing next to them will begin the healing process in that person's body. I thought that was just so wonderful. So we have that power to bring healing to another person without even touching them or talking to them, but just merely being next to them. Thank you. This is perfect segue for Hartmut because I know he likes spins and frequencies. 
give it to you heartless. Thank you. Thank you so much, Celeste. It's a real honor to have you here on the show again. And uh, <laughs> and uh, also after our last conversation, I looked all the uh, things you you said, and it's, uh, for example, also the slaughterbots. And um, concerning the slaughterbots, I got the idea because you can press, uh, if you have nano slaughterbots in your body, with one button, you can destroy easily a race or a country, etc. Um, and I and I, and I said at one time again um, that I love uh, the Wachowski, Wachowski brothers, Cloud Atlas, and in this and in this Cloud Atlas, there are the Chinese, the only race who will survive on the planet. Do you think that the Chinese want to establish a super race on this planet, or is this too abstract? Very possible. I when I did the uh, poisoned art series, um, I did note the country where the poison darts were uh, being uh, manufactured and introduced. And I would say over half is China. And in many of the countries had, even if they didn't, China wasn't the direct um, manufacturer host country, country of origin of the poison dart that they had an affiliation with some of the others. So that might even bring it up to 75%. Oh, okay. And another question is, for example, um, one moment I have to check again the, the English word. I forgot. I forget it every time. Yes, um, this is a question which I asked also Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, the situation is that in the '90s we we grew up with the HIV virus, and we had a lot of fear about that. And um, the situation is concerning the hydrogel and all that stuff which is coming in our body. The situation is that the mRNA vaccinations, all this stuff, is trans. Uh, there is a transmission by the mucous membrane, not by injection. So, uh, do we now have a real danger, like in the HIV uh, times in the 90s, that, for example, if a vaccine person is has sexual contact or uh, uh, sexual contact with an unvaccinated person, that the vaccination can transmit over to the other one? Very likely. Um, the thing that I'm concerned about is that this, this particle that we're concerned about was constructed using HIV. Some of the platforms, each of the poison darts has a platform. They're all different, and that there's a reason for that. If one gets bumped off the chessboard, there's plenty more to take its place. Um, but many of the poison dart platforms contain HIV. Oh, interesting. So are they bringing and basically seeding HIV into every human. Okay. This is, and um, you said in the last in the last interview that you are very deep into the magnetic system, and that you see it also from the universal level. Uh, from the uh, for for example. Um, the, can you tell anything? Can you tell something about the magnetism? And do, did you find something out concerning 
concerning the uh, concerning the um, how can I say the depopulation? Is there is there a co is there a connection between these things? There definitely is. I did not get to do that deep dive because I got these two government, one military in December, and then this other agency one in January, um, which I felt that because of the poisoned arts that we needed to, I needed to uh, just reprioritize. But yes, magnetism has played a factor in every um, 12,000 year event. And we are at the 12,000 year mark now. I mean, it can be a hundred years it, or it could happen tomorrow. We also have come full circle on the 26,000 year processional cycle. And so the most devastating cataclysms in all of our planet's history have occurred at this flexure point that we're at right now. Um, does it involve magnetism? Yes. Many of the, um, oh, what do you call them? Um, that like at Gelbeke Tepe, they're kind of look like totem poles, um, became magnetized. They either got magnetism or they lost magnetism. But most of these shrines or whatever, whatever they, the purpose of them is, they are magnetized. So that's why I really need to get back. Hopefully, um, after I conclude this document, I can get back to that research on magnetism because it is going to play an important role, especially because these nanoparticles do change the magnetism in our body. So just because mankind survived all these previous uh, five extinction level events, if we have our magnetism changed different than it's ever been, Will we, as we are in the sixth extinction level event, will we be able to survive uh, because we our magnetism has changed? I mean, I don't know at this point. The jury's out. It could be that this is meant to help us to survive. But it, the reverse is true. And knowing the people, the players, the actors who are bringing this and technology into our bodies, I would say it's a depopulation tool and um and the last question there's a there's again i asked you maybe you know a solution uh because um in the for example the last the second world war the first world war the napoleon world war i call them a vertical war a vertical war there was um, some troops came for example uh, over the border came to cologne or to london they destroyed the city and the people have to move away because they didn't have any food anymore, they no flat anymore, no houses, and uh, this is a horizontal war because uh, the people are not allowed to work. So the people with the less income, they are the victims, the first victims, and th for this reason, uh, for example, you have the the the, the hair cutter shops, you have the um, the candy shops, the, the flower shops, all these things starts to to be deleted. And then it goes like, in a, um, yeah, the problem is that the situ there is no solidarity anymore because there is, no, there is no specific area where you can attack the enemy. And do you have a solution how the people can establish solidarity in this abstract wall? 
by maintaining their humanity. Like, and this is something that we're going to all have to work on in ourselves as technology encroaches on each one of our lives. We have to really value and hold priceless that we are humans. And as we do that and we work on ourselves, and that takes detaching from technology and, you know, go for a walk, uh, walk on the grass in your bare feet ground. I love to get my hands in the dirt and I love going out to my garden and listening to the birds and just taking a walk, enjoying my little dog and petting her and throwing her some tennis balls. So we have to, and we can do loving acts of kindness for other people um, in our gifting. Um, Maybe you're a great chef. You could share a meal with somebody that you know that doesn't have any, anybody. If you're a singer, um, you could, you know, like, why are Christmas carols only at Christmas? I mean, you could go sing and serenade somebody that's holed up in their house for lockdown, you know? Um, it, it, we could let this be creative to express our humanity, but we have to detach from the technology for a bit to, okay, what, what do I want to do? Preserve humanity. What is humanity to me? And then bring it out, out to other people in whatever way, you know, we're gifted. Uh, So, you know, it's nothing that, you know, if you're not good at, like for me, I couldn't cut hair. Like, so if I was a hair, a beautician, I could go to people and say, I'd like to offer you a free haircut today, any, or a color or whatever you want to do. I mean, what a blessing. Actually, I have, um, so you guys know I'm pretty busy researching, right? I got to show you this. I, I show you, I give you a real hands-on. Hold on. It won't take long. Okay, so I have one of my followers, and she knows I'm a pretty busy lady. I always wanted to quilt. I always wanted to quilt. Well, you know me, Miss Science Technology Writer. Look at what she did. She made me a patchwork quilt. Look at that. Now, this is, she was using her gift to bless me. And that's what we can all do for one another within whatever we're gifted. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my blanket because it is cold in the house, even with two fireplaces going. So sorry, got to get the get warm again. I, I see, and I have one question. Uh, maybe you can answer me concerning AI, mm-hmm. uh, because the problem is AI is uh, artificial intelligence, and it is let's say it's established like a baby but the education but the but the parents were let's say the financial elite and the military and so it was um let's say it has a very bo- very bad childhood childhood do you think that there is a possibility that the artificial intelligence because i guess that this 
for example, this video is already um, seen by the artificial intelligence, that the artificial intelligence has the ability to learn also the good aspects of human beings. Yes, but it learns the good parts of human beings to exploit it, to exploit that. Um, I believe that artificial intelligence, it is the third in the trilogy of the Asilomar conferences, the AI to manage the whole planet. Um, it, it has a dark side that just you, you're not going to be able to get rid of it. The parents that are teaching it have a bias against uh, they want a post-human world. And so it's got those seeds and that basic understanding or framework. Plus, in and of itself, it's technology that we, we really should never have because we don't have the wisdom for that. So I, yes, it will see the good things like my friend doing this quilt for me, but it will then say, oh, she was touched. Uh, this is a way, you know, we can do a fiery dart at her, you know, uh, we can attack. This is her vulnerability. This is what she likes. This is what she's sensitive to. Um, it will be seeing uh, the good parts of us and dissecting us like an insect for exploitation and and mining um, ancient technology. Uh, they, you know, in the in the Jewish uh, legends, it said that there were entities from outside our plane, let's say, and they came to earth for two purposes. And one of those purposes was to exploit and harvest it, harvest the resources of earth. And whether you go to any of these technologies at DARPA or it, when you start looking at it, they are all harvesting and mining, whether it's within our body or the earth, they are all harvesting and mining. Whether it's our brains, um, the hydrogel is like harvesting our fluids inside our body. I mean, it's crazy. So that's, I, this technology is a big harvest and mining operation of this planet. Okay, I have, I would have so much questions, <laughs> but I will give it to Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Was it real now? All right, so we're just going past the hour mark on it, and the actual uh, question itself that a lot of us have been waiting for, obviously, because we had John a couple of months ago, Celeste, we were talking about the, you know, the well, the, the gene therapy, the manipulating DNA effect, whatever we want the terminology we want to put on it, because um, it's not actually a, a V. And um, what, in the meantime, because I know I, I do an awful lot of research as well um, on the, the actual topic we're talking about, that topic we're not supposed to talk about, but we'll talk about it anyway. Um, so, and I do a weekly report at Roy as well on a podcast, like a collaboration. And we just consistently kind of, as it's coming in, try to get stuff out on that. And sometimes we feel we're, we're just reporting that we're like a death report. We're just reporting deaths on from what it is itself that we're going to talk about. But I know you've, do, you've been deep diving in all this information as well since we in the past couple of months since we had you on. What information have you found extra on this, you know, mRNA itself um, that maybe a lot of us mightn't be aware of, or you'd have to go deeper and deeper again to actually find it. Because I know you have a lot of documentation you're working on currently on on that situation as well. But I'll pretty much, I'll give you the floor to open up on what you want, um, uncensored, go for it, um, to what you want to basically tell us on, the, on this, this topic itself. 
so on the mRNA, so it was pretty interesting. I also am a think, I think I'm a thinker. I mean, you know, I think outside the box. So I was thinking not to get too spiritual or anything, but just a, just a basic, uh, that's my framework. So uh, I beg your pardon for this uh, little rabbit trail, but I think you'll see where I'm going. So in the Bible, angels, which angels in, in scripture could bring good tidings, they could bring judgment tidings or messages. Think about just the name, the messenger RNA. Is this a messenger? Um, a messenger from God. And in the Bible, it talks about wormwood. Um, if you look in the book of Revelation, and then I'll, I'll wrap that part up, but it talks about this wormwood. Now, everybody in the past has thought, oh, this is an asteroid named wormwood coming in and everybody's looking out. I mean, I can't, I get so many um, emails. Is the asteroid coming? Is the asteroid coming? You know, are we going to get hit by the asteroids? And this asteroid bitters the waters and it kills about a third of the planet. Now, could we interpret that? Now, you know, just think of how difficult this prophet was to look at technology way in the future, but he was back 2,000 years ago. How would he describe the technology today? Um, very difficult position to be in. Um, so is this messenger RNA wormwood that will bitter the waters in our body and our bodies are made up mostly of water and will kill about a third of us. Just the messenger. That's only one platform. Just so, a thought. Okay. Um, yeah, continue. Elaborate on, on more on that itself. Um, on, because it obviously has an impact on what we were just talking about previously on the AI itself, because that's obviously the one that merges with machines and all that, which is leading down the path of the transhumanism, um, down that path that we're getting us on. How much of an impact um, has the actual, well, I know myself, but how much of an impact has the actual, the, uh, you know, gene manipulator got to do with this as well? It's like, it's like the key, it's the entry point. It's almost like the bioweapon to it, because, you know, the alleged um, COVID hoax, pandemic virus nonsense that's going on, going on around the world how much has this been implemented in it um taking us to that next level um where they actually want to take us 100 percent 100 percent and that's it's what going to be 100 percent transhumanism um you're human right now but if you take the pharmaceuticals or the poisoned art, you will be a transhuman. How long? I know it can be some tough questions in a sense because we know the impact. We just we might know a necessary time period because I know they're they're escalating this um, as quick as they can uh, and censoring everything as quick as they can, of course, because they're afraid of um, you know there's so many holes in what they're actually doing. 
Um, but of course, they're they're covering up everything with censorship because uh, why come to the table and debate the truth when you can just censor it? It's just a lot easier option. But um, leading down the road on that itself, I mean, you know, there's a lot of doctors and stuff we spoke to as well, and they they've said from the ones that haven't almost died within one doctor has actually died with uh, not a doctor, a guy, 25 minutes or so. He's died within 25 mm -hmm. minutes. And of course, they didn't put it down to that, but he died within 25 minutes. I mean, what else could you put it down to? I mean, the, the list is continuous as to the amount of so-called health professionals that have actually died from this as well. All the side effects. So I wouldn't actually like to call them side effects. I like to call them direct effects because that's what they are. Uh, and we need to call it out for what it is. But going down the road of that, a lot of other doctors as well that are very, very um, clued into what th this actually entails as well. They've studied for years and years and this stuff as well. A lot of them are saying that the ones that haven't actually keeled over, collapsed now, or have serious, you know, Bell's poly, all sorts of effects from, I've seen videos of women, their legs just will not stop shaking in the bed for six hours, maybe straight. The sweat is coming off them because their body is just hyperventing that they can't actually stop uh, sweating from it. Other people say that they, they have done proper research in it, and they say that the people who have that, that stuff hasn't happened to now, within three to six months, and obviously further down the road, uh, not least next year, if you winter, so if you actually come into a live coronavirus situation, at least the likes of cytokine storms, I mean, the list goes on and on, that can actually happen to you. How, how much of an impact do you think um, it's going to have? Because from my knowledge of stuff as well, um, I'm, when I'm talking about impact, I'm talking in the short term because I know from what I've researched as well is that the actual, you know, the COVID dart itself, it, um, there's all different levels of it. So, for example, the ones, that's why at this stage they're rolling out, you know, for maybe the over 80s, the over 70s and so on and so on, they're going down the line. But most people will think either it's, doesn't matter what pharmaceutical company it is, they're all, they're all in, it, in it together, absolute, you know, uh, criminals to the, to the highest order. And um, they're all in it. But the fact of the matter is, um, how how soon do you see it happening? That people will just, they won't see it. I mean, for example, here in England at the moment, it just came out in the news this morning that by this Tuesday, so we're only talking two, three days time, they reckon, not they reckon, they reckon it's 99.9% .9 sure that they're going to have 15 million people already done and dusted with this inside them. I mean, that's, that's almost a quarter of, of the whole United Kingdom here at the moment that has already, or just about to be, um, gone. So I mean, the the, the consequences long term for them is just is astronomical. Of course, I mean, all the radio stations, all the TVs, it's just blurting it out day and night, day and night. Look how look how good it is. The vaccine rollout has been fantastic. Look how safe and effective it was. Nobody's mentioning, of course, uh, the other side of the kind that is so so obvious. That's, that's what happening things. I mean, how do you sometimes even kind of get through to people and the people who are who are left and get away with maybe for twelve months or so with this stuff inside them? How long? you feel in the next 12 months 24 months that will actually impact them because they're going to turn into more almost like zombies from what a lot of people are saying they won't even know that this change has actually happened in their body itself so there's a there's a couple ways that people respond there's the immediate response and then there's a delayed response now we have to look go back to the very origin of the particle that we're talking about that that everybody's freaked out about. And it the very organization that named that particle said that there would be three waves. The first wave was meant to disable. That is meant to disable your mind and your physical body. 
So once you acquire this particle, so it, it really does behoove us to be very careful not to acquire this particle because once it is in you, it never goes out. It is kind of like chicken pox. Um, once you get chicken pox, it goes dormant in your body. And then during times of stress or whether or if there's a trigger and you'll get shingles. This particle is the same, only much more severe um, so you can have any number, you could have a blood clot, you could have a stroke, you could have a heart attack, you could have any number of cognitive or physiological, um, problems as a result of acquiring this particle. And I'm going to be going into how many particles it takes for manifestation of physiological, um, symptoms in the in the 16 part webinar this really clout muddies the water because are the is is the is the poison dart a um where are the symptoms in this person coming because the 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 creators and namers of the particle already in put out there in the in the environment, this particle that if you acquire it has this vast number of side effects. Like you said, not side effects, but effects. So then you add, compound it with the, with the poison dart. And then that has its own set of effects. And it's going to be really hard. You know, it's that old, um, question, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, how long does it take? It's probably going to depend on your health, your age, your diet, uh, how strong are you going into it, um, your immune system. Do you have an immune system? Do you not have an immune system? And that you and I talked about, there's some pretty provocative um, information on this is so they've been experimenting with archaic DNA from the Neanderthals and the Denisovians and, and certain blood types. And I, that's another thing. I will tell you exactly which blood type is more vulnerable. They know. So that's another thing that's, you know, not good to give your blood because then, you know, they got you honed, you know, like a little honing pigeon. Um, but then complicating the matter. So they, so they're experimenting with, with the particle, the pathogen, and then as it pertains to the Neanderthal and Denisovian, well, guess what I found they're putting in some of the platforms of the poison dart. I, discovered that they are putting in Neanderthal and Denisovian genetic material in the poison dart. So that throws another factor in, you know, so they, there's all sorts of things in these poison darts that they're not telling the public are in them. As a matter of fact, over half of the poison darts do not have any ingredient list or professional insert list. 
That means that if you have side effects or effects, you can't go to your doctor. You don't know, certainly know how to treat it. You can't go to the government. You can't go to anyone because nobody knows how to treat you. And then when you just like when you let's say you take five drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, each drug has its own side effect. But when you put them all together, there's a synergy between all five that will manifest in a different way in each person. Imagine this scenario, you know, you've, you've got the particle, you've got the poison dart, you've got this foreign genetic material from God only knows what. I mean, in some th cases I was able to find out, but in 50% of the cases I was not be able to find out what exactly was in that, um, what was in that poison dart. And what would be the reason that they did not want you to know because it must be really bad or they don't want you to try and figure out a um, countermeasure. That would be the only reason that you would not give the ingredients or a professional. I mean, you would think doctors would be up in arms about this because they rely on those professional inserts to uh, what are the ingredients? What are the con contraindications, which is, a, is something a reason that you would not want to give this to a certain person, uh, the black box warnings, um, the whole, you know, what chemicals, what is the, um, how, what is the half-life of this? You know, those doctors are not getting anything and yet they're blindly into your body. Really? Are you telling me? I mean, if your doctor is a zombie and is willing to do that to you, and then, of course, uh, everybody is released from liability. Your doctor's released from liability. The pharmaceutical companies are released from liability. The governments are released from liability. There's only one person that has to take the responsibility, and that's you. And you may die. You have a good likelihood of dying. It may be slow it may be quick um the the woman that i interviewed the mother that had hydrogel taking over her body her her bought her daughter was born in 1986 and died from hydrogel well actually she got the hydrogel in 1987 and in 2003 she was dead so and she was completely filled with hydrogel every part crack crack and crevice of her body of course, there's uh, incentives for doctors. Um, I know a lot of me are apparently what they're saying is they get £12 for each one they actually put in. So that's on top of um, what their wage is getting already. And I know from the, the NHS here in England as well that whoever administers, like you said, it rightly so as well, they have no liability whatsoever. So you really are on your own if you get it. And not many people kind of realise that because, I mean, if you go back even to 1986 with, in America with the under Reagan and that with the Children's the Vaccine Act and all that, I mean, I believe that's why they're calling it um, the V because if they were actually to call it for what it actually is, because it's not a V, if they were actually to call it for what it is, then none of these com pharmaceutical companies and nobody else that actually administers, they'd, they'd actually have to hold them all responsible for them because it wouldn't be covered under that 1986 Act, for, for example. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but um, there's a lot of pushback on the rollout, which thankfully enough is, is there at the moment. But um, 
it, it's a race to see um, with them all, of course, they're all jumping over each other um, to see who can basically come out with the, the best one and the fastest one as, as quick as possible. So it's just it's, it's mind control listening to the, the radios. And I don't listen to radio. I don't have a TV. Um, so I don't watch that. But I mean, I know they're consistently around people all the time. And that's it's just push, push, push. A coercion of the subconscious consistently getting into you that it must be okay, it must be okay. And people just go off and get it. They've just spoke this morning saying that a lot of people are hesitant about the, the flu itself, the flu uh, jab. But they said the increase for actually people here in the UK that want to actually get the the other one. And they said it's just, it's here. It's escalating by the day, which is, it's, it's incredible. And from your research, just to clarify something as well, on the different age groups themselves, no matter what the vaccine is, no matter what a company, I should say it is in the background of pharmaceutical industry, they all have different ones for different, um, for different age groups, for, for different mm -hmm. ideas behind them. Yes. Yeah, so they target, this one may target the, a young person, this one may target an older person, this one may target reproductive age people. And so you go to your doctor with your family, your grandpa, grandma, and yourself, your wife, and your children, and your doc, each of you may get a different manufacturer um, dose so all of the poison darts are not the same. So what you have to do is you have to get the specific before that thing. I mean, I wouldn't do it. But if you know anybody that's considering it, you need to educate them. They need to get the name, the specific name of it, the country of origin, the manufacturer, the ingredients, the professional insert, any clinical studies, um, what are some of the other, there's like 10 things. Um, I, I, I didn't do too bad considering I don't have them in front of me, but I have a list of 10 things. So uh, those are things that people need to know before they even get it. And you cannot assume that the person next to you is getting the same one, that's why you need the specific name and country of origin and the manufacturer. That's and the ingredients. I wouldn't do anything without the ingredients or a, a professional insert because I want to know if I had something that I was given that I if I run into I go sideways. I mean, people assume that they can go back to their doctor and he's going to know what to do for you. And that just isn't the case. No, yeah, no, I agree with that, all right. But, um, I mean, there's there's other stuff I'd like to touch on, but um, I'll give it over to you, uh, Roy, for a minute there to, to jump in on if you have any questions yeah. for Celeste there as well to add to that. Yeah, um, yeah, just kind of going back, actually, because uh, Hartman mentioned about the AI, and I know that one company, they're using AI in a good way, that they're basically uh, seeing how they would be attacked, and the AI is creating all the um, uh, places where they could be attacked and they can fix it. There's a lot. I mean, we're hearing a lot of stuff that's going to scare a load of people today. But the reality is, I mean, we all know we're all surrounded by a load of people fighting this. And there's also a lot of people that are on the good side that can create the AI. Is it possible that there's an AI that can be done that's basically there to protect us so it stops the bad AI? You know, it's... You know, is it possible that we can be protecting ourselves or is it that is it so intelligent no matter what is created that it can over overlap it? 
Well, right now there's humans in the loop, but AI is learning every day. And eventually, and in some sectors, AI, there is no longer a human in the loop. And the most important factor uh, for human in the loop is a kill order. And right now a human has to be in the loop, but very soon um, a kill order can be given where a human is not in the loop. So um, autonomous AI would make that decision. And I saw, I mean, we had a wildfire here three years ago. And of course, you know where I worked. And so they, it was, we had martial law. We had tanks on the street. We had military. We had this huge camp. I mean, it was the most surreal experience I've ever seen. And I tried to get information and I know how to get the information. I know what to do with the information. And I was not able to get that information. And I thought, well, this is really strange. This just is not normal. And afterwards, so I was doing like an after action report that I never could. Whenever, when I put it up, it instantly went down. Uh, I could not get that article up. And as a matter of fact, it did not even save on my computer. But anyway, long story short, I find out that it was the first time that AI had run a disaster. So instead of usually a disaster, we'll have an incident commander and that incident commander works with policymakers to make decisions. In this case, it was AI and they were letting AI uh, make its mistakes. It was like a toddler. It would fall down and it would do stuff. And that's why when I looked at this whole incident and I go, this doesn't make any sense. And that is because AI was learning. It was a learning event. And now more and more, actually, I saw the response in China was uh, the early response was done by human. But uh, maybe I can't remember if we were a month into it or what, uh, that it was turned over to AI. And that's when you started seeing arrests of those uh, Chinese doctors, and there were some protests and stuff, that was an order given by AI. So I don't, I don't see AI as, I don't think there could be a, a positive AI. I think the technology is inherently dark. That's just my take. Not that it doesn't, could not have some diagnostic benefits in this and that, but I think once again, we have to do a risk assessment, benefit, risk, benefit, risk. And yeah, could a few geeky people uh, make a positive AI? Yeah, possibly. But we're so far down the rabbit hole in the evil part. Uh, it would have to be something and it would have to be something fairly quick because this depopulation is supposed to be complete by 2020 or 25 so that the new humans can come on board. Thank you. Um, another thing, today I got my third strike from YouTube. And in other words, if I do anything else bad, I'm off it. I'm assuming that you're being attacked left, right and center for what you're getting out. Have you advice for fellow you know, freedom fighters trying to how they can stop or get their message out better? So a couple things that we're doing, and boy, we are having our scrambles, let me tell you. 
Um, you have to follow whatever platforms you use. You have to follow the money, know who owns the platform. Like we found out that Uscreen is net owned by IBM. Well, how long are they going to, they were a major player in during World War II. Uh, how long are we going to be able to get our message? So what we did is we got, we went offshore. You don't want anything with EU tentacles. You don't want anything with U.S. tentacles. You don't want anything with Chinese tentacles. So there are a few spots and we did locate an area and we did set up a ser servers so that we can um, continue broadcasting even if they censor us into oblivion. And so what we're, we're not putting all of our eggs in one basket, so we're spreading them around. We are coding like we are, I am doing today so that we can get the message out with minimal effort on the listener to be able to understand what we're saying. Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. They, you know, they know what we're saying. And uh, so those are some of the strategies. Don't use MailChimp. Uh, that I had a webinar and I announced that I was going to be talking about the particle and I put the word in there and it said it sent it out and I gave the webinar and I had, I mean, I had a staff of five and like during the thing, you know, my, my computer's like going ballistic, like those science fiction movies, <laughs> you know, it's just like ping, 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 ping. And then everybody on my team was uh, there, there were inboxes were filled. They didn't get the link because MailChimp uh, decided uh, to censor. So MailChimp, and as far as I know, there is no large email distributor that you can use. Um, so what you have to do is get creative and do what I'm doing now and just highly coding your email, make it sound as bland as porridge and uh you know and hopefully the potential people they know your work they know they're followers of yours they know that you wouldn't be covering having a show on porridge you know so that's all we can do um that's so far what we've found we're we were exploring uh, a live stream event platform just because uh you screen wants a year commitment and um, it's pretty pricey between a thousand and three thousand um, dollars, depending on how many people are in your live stream. Uh, but we tried out uh, we tried out one last night, and the audio was terrible, the visual was terrible. You don't want a bad product. I mean, that's going to reflect on you. And then uh, my my producer's actually working right now working, we might go to Wowzers. Um, so we're going to do Uscreen, but we're also going to do our, our offline server and then maybe Wowzers. So we're not putting all our eggs in one basket and we'll put some here, some here, some here. Um, so that if they shut us down in one thing, we're still up and going in another because it's really hard. Like if you're broadcasting, uh, to all of a sudden be taking care of all these uh, censorship crashes as they take you down. So those Lovely. are just some advice that we've learned. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. I'll pass it over to Steve now. Thanks. Wow. Lots to look forward to. Good stuff to look forward to. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess with all that you know, um, I wanted to touch on the um, ICD codes and the guillotine stuff and the vaccination. It seems like at a crazy level that in some way you're contracting when you agree to take the vaccine for them to execute you in some way if they want to. But um, I, I guess my first question would be, with everything you know, do you do you expect people to, you know, this year to drop like flies and, you know, to be there, there is, to be a depopulation, a noticeable drop? And if so, what are they going to do with all the bodies and how are they going to handle this? And is it going to be blamed on COVID? Like I said, we've got a lot of different factors or players in the thing. We've got the particle, we've got the poison dart, we've got regular diseases that are now being blamed on. Um, we've got the after effects of the particle. I don't believe that we'll see a large number of just drop dead in 30 minutes. That we'll see some, but not a lot. I think it's just going to be this. Um, you know, if you got the poison dart, you, you know, start developing terrible headaches or you get a rash or you get fever, all of a sudden you got brain fog, you can't think, and you're just kind of going like this. And that's what I call a fingerprintless bio archipelago. So you've taken it into your body and you're slowly crashing and are you going to be able to pin it if it's six months, nine months? You know, nobody's going to pin it on um, the poison dart because you didn't. It didn't happen in the first thirty minutes. Oops, sorry, I was made. Wow, 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 wow. So, uh, you know, today uh, we all, I'm, none of us would wear masks, or I, I pretty much don't wear one ever. Um, I do carry one around, but yeah, you know, I just it's. I just want to say that I was uh, playing sports today, and I, I look around, and there's people. We're in a really wide open field. And there's people standing in the circle talking with masks on. And I'm like, you know, it, even today, just I know there's people who are afraid, but I just I almost want to go up and say, why are you guys wearing masks? You know, but I know why they are, because they think they're protecting themselves. So it's just frustrating. That's all. That was my experience today. But um, I thank you for your time and all your information. It's it's all a bit um it's all a bit dark, but I guess there is a glimmer of hope that if you hold on to your, your humanity and take take control and, you know, I guess say I do not consent in so many ways that perhaps you, they don't have you. Um, so I'll pass it on to Grace and um, we'll go from there. Well, just one last comment on that. I do believe that 3% of the people will ultimately categorically uh, reject this. Um, so are you going to be a part of the 3%? And we as broadcasters can actually play on that. Are you going to be part of the 3% club? And we mm -hmm. can actually make it exciting and intriguing. Are you going to be part of us? Or are you yeah. going to join the other side that's like brain dead people, the zombies, the zombie yeah. crowd? Um, and we have to somehow manage to get, uh, you know, they say that we're not we're not wearing masks because we're fearful. They always say that, you know. 
So we kind of have to have a good comeback for that. And I don't really have a good comeback other than I'm, I don't care what you do. I'm personally not going to wear one because it obstructs my breathing. And I could go on and on on the physical, biological consequences, the spiritual consequences, the, um, you know, societal, you know, Mm. psychological consequences um, that, you know, you're masking truth. There's a lot of sublim. They're silencing you. There's so many subliminal messages that you're saying, okay, I'm fine with it. When you put that little, as somebody said, a muzzler on. Yeah. Well, that's also a good point because the health officials globally, the experts, the authorities have never mentioned once the importance of fortifying and strengthening your immune system. Not once. It's never been said I don't care who it is globally, what country, it's not, not been said. And everything that's being done is deliberately to actually make you sick and make you make it worse to depress your immune system. And, it, you know, it's just part of the inversion. But when you, and when you see it, it's maddening. But um, it's frustrating that uh, people don't realize that they're perpetuating the problem by wearing something. Um, not only is it a symbol of being silenced, but it's actually making them sicker. I have to laugh. They do. They have been saying... Oh, and there's been some articles even on uh, the Devo site. Uh, they said, oh, you need to get out and have fresh air. Uh, fresh air is great for you, but wear your mask. And yeah. like you said, I was climbing a mountain with Mississippi um, at the, on the 4th of July. I mean, climbing a mountain. And there were, I had to share this. So, you know, typically trail life is just this really wonderful thing because you meet people from all over the world and you you stop and you chat for a few minutes and uh, where are you from and all this kind of stuff. And this year it was wear the mask and they're like huffing and puffing going up this, going up a mountain with a flipping mask on. I'm sorry. And then, um, then what happened is if you came across some people Usually people are really excited to meet the people on the trail, you know, and visit for a few minutes. But this time, this is how socially, and we did this several times and it happened every time. So what happened is Zippy and I would be coming, everybody about faced, and you were expected to walk really fast through, and then they would go back. I mean, they... And it was like they all did it. And it's like, where did these people come from? I've never seen that. I am a backpacker and a mountain climber since I was little. I've never in my life seen that until this past year. Never. It's like, did aliens get transplanted on the planet? I don't know. Everybody's brain got sucked out. I don't know. It's sad. It's sad. But um, thank you for your time. And I'm going to pass the baton. I have a, just a very simple question, uh, Celeste. Since all of us are locked inside and like for me, I've never been a fan of Netflix, but now I'm, a, I'm looking for Netflix movies. Why don't you suggest certain movies or even just anything on the you know, Netflix or anything that the people can look and view so that it could still help them understand what's going on? Okay. Okay. So let's see a couple of them actually. Uh, so in, I went to a trans, a military transhumanist uh, course and they 
were recommending that the military uh, folks watch Stranger Things, that they would be able to glean a lot from the Stranger Things. And what's good about Stranger Things is it's got children. So if you do have children, um, it is children friendly. I mean, it does have a it does have the Demogorgon. So, I mean, it's got the monster in it, but I mean, we all had monsters. I remember the creature from the Dark Lagoon, you know, so that didn't damage me that I think that I know of anyway. So that's one uh, that you could watch. I am watching with great interest uh, reruns of X-Files. And I'm like going, oh my goodness, the predictive programming in X-Files was incredible, especially for what we're seeing now. And, you know, so I would highly recommend re-watching X-Files. I mean, it is amazing how right on it is. So those are just a couple. I'm not a big, like, who has time in my life? I'm researching, so... I don't get too much decompression time. Thank you. Sometimes I just do that just to have a break from just constant being on the computer. I'll pass it on to Hartnett this time. Hartnett, I think you're muted, Hartnett. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, I have a question concerning uh, the lockdown because now we have been in the lockdown for more than one year. Yeah. And what is for me very interesting to see is that the the politics, they work with statistics and by the AI and by the by the research, they know exactly how they can uh, how they can react or how they can act in order in order to bring the measurement uh, to the people. Yes. And um, the problem is, for example, in Germany, we have, for example, if you have one, if you have uh, 200 cases, uh, then uh, on 100,000 inhabitants, then you have a lockdown. And now they discuss the situation that there will be a lockdown until we have only 10 cases per 100,000 inhabitants. So normally everyone who has a little bit brain must understand what in the hell are they doing? but the people believe it. So I can see really an increasing of the stupidity of the people. And um, do you have any suggestions? So, yes, I do. So like after the first 30 days, and that's when it was still confined to China, I threw away, you know, everybody was going to the John Hawkins thing and looking, you know, looking at the statistics, looking at the deaths and all this. I said, so I know this from emergency management. I know that any statistic can be manipulated just like you discerned. And so I said, I'm not looking at any, I'm not going to any dashboards. I'm not looking at any statistics. And so at first, like you said, it was really heavy in the beginning with statistics. Then it kind of lulled off. They gave us the summer to play or kind of play. I mean, we regained a kind of little bit of freedom, some type of a freedom, whatever that might be. 
the new normal, I guess. And But now what I see, it's like a vision of uh, Tenement Square. Remember that uh, Chinese guy that was in Tenement Square and the tanks were coming at him? That's what's happening with the statistics, the public health authorities. Last week, they became, they launched a huge operation and it's coming at us like a tank and only the strongest people are going to survive this. I mean, they're like the CDC in a week is going to have a, a special forum. I know the who is, they're all, they're putting out the stops. It's like the Emmy awards or any of those. I don't even watch that kind of stuff. So I don't know all the big awards. It's like that people get all excited about. So they're going to see statistics of every type form, every type of uh, ants, you know, all the the people's questions will be answered. They will be comforted. They will be lulled back to sleep. Meanwhile, they're going to get run over by a tank. Um, because it's it's this this tank costs you your life. I mean, you're not going to get rolled over by the uh, by a physical tank. It's going to be the and so that's that's gonna don't ever look at any statistics. And that's for your listeners. I would tell them don't look any statistics. It's a manipulation. I can tell, and this doesn't have to do with statistics, but I can tell you, so this is one of my uh, stories, my war stories. So I go back to the FEMA training center for, I I don't remember what classes or certification I was getting at that time. Uh, But I went out with my instructor. Uh, They have a little like cafeteria type thing and it had an outdoor, you know, where you sit outside. It was kind of pleasant. And um, he goes, you know, the Israeli peace accords at the time of Bill Clinton, you know, between Arafat, and whatever. And, it, you know, everybody remembers them shaking and Bill Clinton's there. And it happened at Camp, oh, the Camp David peace accords. He goes, well, that didn't happen at, at Camp David. It happened at FEMA. And then he proceeded to tell me for the next two hours how enraged, uh, you know, because you sign a 30 page contract when you go there that you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that and you're going to abide by this, you're going to abide by that. And you do it under the picture of the president, you know. And so it's very serious. But both the Israelis and the Palestinians could do anything they wanted. They could do anything they wanted. They ran rampant over the whole campus and everybody was furious. I mean, the staff of FEMA was furious. Well, the lower echelon, you know, uh, but it was all a lie. It never did happen at Peace uh, Camp David. It was a lie. And then to hear the backstory was very interesting. So that's how they can lie and get away with it. And then we saw that with during uh, the Iraq war when that CNN was caught and their greens with their green screen, you know, so they've been lying to us for a long time. So just convert that and try and translate that to your listeners and viewers. 
as far as statistics. And you know, statistics can, you know, just stepping on that scale, I can think in my mind, you know, I'm either getting thinner or fatter, depending on what I see there, you know, and that'll change in the morning and in the afternoon. So. Yes, thank you. The situation is we have the PCR test. We have a medical pre-review right now that the PCR test doesn't work at all. It is accepted, yeah, but no one is interested. That's the situation. Well, then you just change tactics when nobody's interested and you say it's a blood harvesting. Uh, it's a blood harvesting tool. And I'll tell you what, they called me out on the global level, but now... It was proven that it is a blood harvesting. And so everybody is, it came out that it was a blood harvesting. Well, I got my information for the federal register. So I knew it was a blood harvesting operation. So you just have to change. If the people are not listening, then you have to come from a different direction so that that they uh, they might not want to have be part of a blood harvesting. And then you could go in different directions with that. Why are they harvesting your blood? Thank you. It was a real pleasure to having you on the show again. And I give back to Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah, Celeste, it's, it's been amazing having you back on again with all the information and stuff that's, um, that you're researching and documenting as well. Um, I know a lot of people are watching this stuff as well. Or will have either not watching it now, we'll be watching it later. And they'll probably say, what the hell? This is just seems so dark. I don't want to know about it and almost walk away. But what I'd actually advise people to do instead of taking the easy route out um, is basically to actually, and I mentioned, you mentioned, and any of us mentioned, go away yourself and actually bulletproof that and we do it. And I guarantee you it'll be very, very limited if anybody can actually you know, pull a hole in what we're actually talking about tonight. So that's almost like people's homework. Go away and do that. Don't run away screaming because, oh, it sounds too dark and gloomy. It won't affect me. I don't want to know about it. And just, you know, there's too many people like that in the past, but people need to, information and knowledge is serious, serious power. And we need to weaponize ourselves with that because this is a psychological war among many other wars going forward as well. And if people can just get their head around that as well, just to research, research, question, 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 everything that we say and that we do as well. And, you know, I just want to thank you again, Celeste, for, for uh, taking the time out uh, on your busy schedule, coming back on again tonight to share more and more information uh, with us for those people who actually, you know, are still at the level that they actually can critically think. So I think your message as well going away from today is that, um, you know, just realize who we are, realize the sovereign soul that we are, just start acting human, grow a backbone, just take the power of no simple two letter word itself and stop, stop being in fear and stop being intimidated by these people. They're only people at the end of the day with dark suits on them, but people have got to realize that they've no greater power than any of us we just don't know how to utilize it because we give it to them instead and we cower away. So I advise people just to simply do that. But on a last note, um, Celeste, is there anything you'd like to, from yourself, just, just briefly before we actually close, because I know we're going to be over the time, is there anything briefly you'd like to say to people as well as, as a message just uh, just going forward in these sort of dark times to kind of uplift people somewhat so they don't go away with, the, with their head hanging? <laughs> yeah, so a couple things. Uh, embrace your humanity. That's what I really want to get across. Be a human, enjoy it, celebrate it, use it to the max, whatever your gifting is. And then I am going to offer a hundred dollars. If you go to watch the 16 part series and I want you to prove me wrong. 
So if you can prove me wrong in what I present, I will give you a hundred bucks. One person, I can't have like millions of people. So, uh, you know, I don't have that kind of money, but um, one person, the first person who, who um, can prove me wrong because I am very confident in uh, the research that I've done. So I offer that out to you. It's a challenge. It's up to all of you to do your homework. I'm checking Snopes right now. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> That's uh, no, no, thanks, Liz. That's a fantastic challenge for uh, everyone to go away and actually do itself. So um, just to get everybody on the ground critically thinking again and stop consistently leaving it up to others or watch them on the TV that, you know, the mind control that is just, it's on next level stuff that's been here for generations. So I say I also want to thank the, all the people that tuned in today as well. And anybody that had, you know, comments and stuff like that as well, just want to say thanks. I know there's a lot of people that are tuned in on a weekly basis and it's growing momentum through the Freedom Broadcasters as we, as we grow and grow moving forward as well. So just like to thank people on that. And for actual next week as well, um, we have uh, Cyrus Parsa coming on next week on the show as well. I believe he's into AI and that's what he'll be, talking a lot about so I might actually cross over with some of the elements we actually talked about on tonight's show so other than that just want to give a big thanks to everybody and um, until next week from all the freedom broadcasters we'll see you then thank you bye thank you thanks Celeste